0: Hello, and welcome to One Cardinal, One Cup, and One Beer. I am your host in blue, Vincent, and next to me is my co-host in red, JJ. Why is JJ wearing red? I don't know, because it's an ugly color for a baseball team, but anyway. (laughs) Uh, I do want to remind you to please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, contact us through beer at gmail.com. You can subscribe to our page by clicking on the icon at the bottom right corner. Uh, Please support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com. Just search One Cardinal, One Cup, and One Beer, and you will find us, and you can support us with a very, 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 very tiny monthly, I mean, you you can support us for $3 a month. I mean, you can support your enemy for $3 a month. And I'd probably your enemy, if you're a Cardinal fan. So support <laughs> us. Uh, we've got some plans to do some uh some outreach to uh, uh some of the uh, card shops in the metro area, and uh, that's going to cost us a little bit of money. So that that's where that initial Patreon investment is going for uh, uh, materials for that. So uh, JJ, did we have a winner for our contest?
1: Yes for the 2004 Michael Walker bobblehead we had Robbie Spears if that name sounds Robbie familiar Spears. Robbie Spears he is in Union Missouri and he won our we've had three contests now and he won the first and the third so man he's got a monopoly going on here that's right and the the so the the uh, clues were a cardinal hitter of prominence that most fans would know Played from 1970 to 2000 with the Cardinals sometime in there. Played on all three World Series teams, or played on one of the World Series teams, was an outfielder. And uh, he never talked to the media. You would never hear an interview with him. And it was George Hendrick. Silent George Hendrick. That was a great clue. Vince. their last one. Put it over the top right there. There was a
0: time period, um, was it 79... the summer of 78 or 79 when they traded and got him. Um, uh, there was a time period when I was in middle school and I was going to a lot of games, and for some reason, every game I went to, it
1: seemed like George Hendrick had a home run. And I just,
0: you know, I guess he liked
1: me. I don't I don't know, but <laughs> we didn't we didn't hit many home runs back then. Bush Stadium's always been a big stadium and we didn't have a lot of power hitters. And uh, I think one time George led the Cardinals in home runs with 18 home runs. That was it. Uh, He played first base, uh, some center field, and on that 82 World Championship team was a right fielder. Played with the A's in their heyday, the Indians. He played for the Angels. He had a long career with a lot of different teams. Yeah, the the Cardinals traded him to the Pirates,
0: and that's how they got – is that how they got tutor
1: you know what is that the... i don't know that one that one i'll have to go look up i do I, not know i don't remember that one
0: i do remember it was yeah i think i think it was for Tudor. so I, I just good. remember i just remember him in a pirate uniform looking like a giant wasp because he was a <laughs> oh yeah. lean
1: guy so that's right well jj what's What's going on in Cardinal oh, Land? Oh, you know, Vince, we. Ended oh, well, the, before oh, you ahead. start,
0: I want to congratulate you.
1: Oh, well, I'll take any congratulations. You guys have got out
0: of last place today.
1: We've been teeter tottering with the Reds. We'll, uh, we'll get ahead. We don't want to get, we don't want to look too, you know, we don't want to draw too much attention to ourselves. I do understand
0: <laughs> it as April. I'm being just. Yes, but anyway.
1: had, Well, we were five and seven. I tell you what, we got, now we're coming home. This week, we're coming home. We've got the Pirates for four and the Diamondbacks for three. So according to the schedule, that looks pretty good. Well, and I want to go through some pluses and minuses. The Cardinals are hitting. It just seems like, you know, you got your defense, you got your hitting, you got your starting pitching bullpen, and it seems like maybe three of the Pistons are working at one time, but we can't get everything going all at once. So we were five and seven. So we're hitting, but we're not scoring runs. Sometimes it takes the Cardinals three and four hits the score run, we have a lot of times bases loaded two outs and then a ground out or a strikeout. That's been kind of rough. Our defense has been fantastic. I'm telling you what, Tommy Edmond and uh, Donovan at second have really picked up their defensive game. The infield, I put them up there against the 82 Cardinals. Cardinal history that I remember. I mean, you got Nolan Arenado, but they had Ozzy. You got Hernandez with Goldschmidt. Hernandez was a better fielder, but uh, Donovan and her, I, you know, and Edmunds done a real good job. And Contreras has thrown out the most runners so far through Tuesday, at, uh, tied with J.T. Realmuto for the most uh, stolen guys trying to steal a base, throwing them out five. So that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I've en- I've enjoyed our defense, and of course. Paul Goldschmidt doing Paul Goldschmidt stuff. Our bullpen has been solid, except we got one guy in there throwing our monkey wrench in there, and that's Jordan Hicks. Oh, the first six starts. Vince, it's just been been brutal. It's been brutal. This is all going into this week, but we got Lars Neubauer back this week, our little spark plug, and I think he's a big part of the team. The negative, the starting pitch has been terrible so far. I mentioned Jordan Hicks. Kisner is just not hitting at all. And Contreras can't play every single day. So sometimes Contreras has been DHing, he's been catching, or he'll come in late in the game when Kisner started. And then, uh, so we're just not scoring any runs. So we start out the week. I'll get going here. I was kind of getting desperate. So I broke into my Mark McGuire Wheaties box because we're going to muscle up this week. All right. We're getting ready. We're bringing out the big guns. All right. This comes with a syringe, by the way. The cereal comes. <laughs> Complete with a syringe. All right. Must be 18 or over. So none of you kids get this uh the cereal box. So we're starting out. We're gonna play on Thursday against the Pirates, and the Pirates were flashing the glove. We lose five to nothing. We can't even score about of Quez. Uh Jordan Walker's hitting streak in. So he he ended up tying with uh Eddie Murphy, honest Eddie with the 12-game hitting streak now this is an odd stat 20 and younger start of your career 12 consecutive game hitting streak so that's pretty good that was 1912 philadelphia A's. so he's in the record books that's nice but we don't score a run jordan walker's hitting streak comes to an end uh and it's great to see andrew mccutcheon just going off this a little bit it's good to see him back in a pirate uniform vince i don't that's know how you do too. Yeah, he's played really good, and he's been a good mentor for those young – I believe all the teams. You need a few veterans in there with the young guys to kind of show them the way. McCutcheon looks like he 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 belongs in that Pirate uniform, yeah. although he he always has been a pain in our butt. He's a great player, and as a fan of baseball, I just love watching him play. Uh, he hit a double in that game. It was his 295th, and he's eighth all-time in Pirate history in doubles. So that's pretty cool to be in a top ten of a a very prestigious organization as the Pirates. Thirty seven thousand fans at the thing, so the Cardinal fans do show up. Uh, I if we keep playing like we're playing, we'll take a look and see if they're still showing up come August. But right now, we're still showing up. Uh, Montgomery had a quality start. He's two and one. He went six and a third. uh, Three hits. I'm sorry, uh, three runs, six hits, two walks, five strikeouts, and he has a 2.45 ERA. Montgomery's not been a problem. He's been pitching very well. So uh, anyway, the the loser in that game was uh, – let's see. Who was the loser in that game? Did I put it down? I guess it was Montgomery. Okay. So now, first game we lose. Friday night, we come out and we – Exact revenge on the those pirates, three nothing cardinals. uh Wolford pitched. and the story of the game, uh our pitching was we, we had a you know a team shutout. Wolford pitched, uh, five and a third. Zach our bullpen, these bullpen guys have been outstanding. Zach Thomas, Verhagen, and Gallegos all combined for a uh, shutout. Very, very good. And uh, Wilford did not give up. Well, of course, it was a shutout, so he didn't give up any runs. But he only walked one. And uh, this was kid was fantastic in spring training. But his first two starts of the year weren't very good. So this is promising that uh, this kid had a really good outing. Um, let's see. Gallegos got the save. And I, and I like that because in our bullpen, now we maybe can pitch um, Helsley and get some of the saves. We haven't had many <laughs> save opportunities, Vince, but Helsley yeah. might be able. A weapon on one day, rest him and Gallegos could get the saves on another day and kind of have like two a combination of two sets of bullpen going on there. Um, let's see, we ended our 14 inning uh, no runs against the Pirates for the last few times we played, and we went 14 innings without scoring against the Pirates. That's pretty bad. And Walker had a day off, and uh, Alex Burleson. Uh, threw out a runner. I'm telling you, what this kid—he was our top hitter in the minors—and he threw a one hopper to Contreras and got a runner coming home. And uh, we're not yeah, losing. Any- yeah, we're not losing anything with him in the outfield. And that's the thing. Okay, so we're one on one against the Pirates now. But we're—I tell you what—our defense has been so good. If we can just get the starting pitching and not have an inning, it seems like there's always one inning where the Cardinals kind of uh, blow it. So anyway, we got one on one against the Pirates. And that was a little more promising of a game. And then Saturday, well, here we go again. We lose. Six to three to the Pirates in 10 innings. Game could have went either way. Both teams had chances to score and went to the inning. And, of course, uh, 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 oh uh, Andrew McCutcheon starts everything. But uh, Matt went five and, and two-thirds, two earned runs, five walks. That's kind of been his bugaboo. And six Ks. Uh, let's see. the The bullpen... Minus Hicks was fantastic. Four innings, four hits, one run. But Hicks only went a third of an inning, Vince. Three hits, two runs, and a K. And uh, it was just this sort of setup where we were running out of pitchers. We put Hicks in, and, and he got shelled. Uh, There's. Now, I'll go for, ahead.
0: for someone who throws as hard as he
1: has, he's never put it together. No. He's had stretches. When he was a closer, there was a stretch there where he was a very a pretty good closer. But you're right, not for a lot consistency for a long time.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's confidence or, or what, but you know, you, you kind of have this feeling that if you go out there and throw 103, 104 miles an hour, you should be dominant. Well, not everybody who throws that hard is dominant. I I haven't looked at him enough because you know because I'm a cord cutter. I don't get to watch any Cardinal games unless they're on a game of the week or something. So I haven't been able to study his fastball to see if it's just lacking movement because there, there are those who throw the fastball and it's just straight as an arrow and you can throw as hard as you want. They're going to square that up every time. You got to have some movement.
1: What I've seen, Vince, is it's too much movement. He can't control it. He doesn't know exactly yeah. where it's going and it'll just float out of the strike zone and they're not chasing. They're going to they're gonna take their chances that he can't throw Three strikes over in an at bat, and then they they set on it, and then he slows it down a little bit or throws a straight one, and they they hit a rocket shot. But if he's throwing one hundred and two, somebody's going to take a chance on him. There'll be somebody out there. Oh, yeah. somebody will take him. Uh, probably the Oakland A's. <laughs> what the heck? Might as well. What are you going
0: to get from them? Uh,
1: I'll, I'll, I'll get pop- to that later. Maybe a possum. Maybe a possum. <laughs> there you go. Oh, so what in this game? Uh, like I said, Mads was walking people. It seems like we always were, ever any, we were in trouble. And I'm not, we lost, but there were some questionable pitches. And Jim Edmonds on the TV was saying the uh, strike zone was uh, moving around. It's that way for both teams. It seemed like we got a lot of bad calls, but that's baseball ups and downs, ups and downs. Marmel came out and has been very. Focal. I think he's kind of feeling the heat. He got thrown out of the game. Now that's bad. Oh no, I think that's good. I think he got on the up, he said his opinion, he got out of the game. But Joe McEwen, the bench coach, took over and the Cardinals started running. We stole, we went five times. We attempted stolen bases and we were successful, four. So Joe just turned them loose. Hey, I like that. Uh, even though we lost, we were we were running running the base pads. And the people who got the stolen bases, uh, Goldie got one. Newt bar got one and Donovan had two. Uh, and then uh Lars Newbar was, was back that game and we sent Yespis back to the minors. So we're we won one, lost two against the Pirates, and Sunday afternoon we win five to four in ten innings. And Vince, I'll tell you, we could have won all four games, and we also could have lost all four. So I feel I feel good about being two and two against the pirates. You very seldom these days say that, but uh being two-and-two. I'll take it for how we played and everything. And that one, Michael has pitched. He went five and two thirds, gave up two, two earned runs. Um, his ERA was in the tens. Now it's down to 8.10. Cause he had a, couple uh, little bad outings at the beginning, but uh, our bullpen was just great four and um, four and two thirds, no earned runs and two strikeouts. All right. So our bullpen, except for Hicks has been really, really good. Uh it was Nolan Arenado's birthday, number thirty-two. So I say your prime years are twenty-seven to thirty-two. So it, and I tell you what, Vince, getting and I watch every Cardinal game, or watch the rebroadcast of it, or see it on YouTube if I can if I miss it. Uh, watching this guy play third base, it's like watching Ozzie or Johnny Bench catch or. You know, somebody like that. It's just, a, it's just a privilege watching this guy play defense, you know. I'd pay money just to watch this guy play defense. He's so much fun. Uh, Newt Lars is back. He hit a two-run homer. And uh, Alec Burleson got hit with a foul ball. He has a shin guard and it went right above it. And they said he had a uh, huge bruise on there. And he had to be taken out of the game. Um, Let's see. Uh... Uh, and the, we won in extra innings when the bases were loaded two outs, and Tommy Edmund hit a ball right up the middle. Uh, very nice hitting by him, and um, there was a stat flashed up that the Cardinals have performed the most double plays in, in all of Major League Baseball, so that's that's good. Uh, I, I'm looking for stuff right now, Vince, to hang my hat on. Right now, it's kind of lean. The, you know, the cupboard is lean, except for my Mark McGuire, Wee's <laughs> box, and my syringes. That's all that's up there right now. So we split with them, and into town comes the first-place Arizona Diamondbacks. And, Vince, I don't know about you, but I picked them to finish fourth.
0: Yeah, I didn't see this coming.
1: I didn't see this coming either. They're a very fast team. Um, they just seem like they have the right mixture. Their coaches got them motivated, and they're coming out and uh, attacking. And uh, so they're in first they're place. The and that- team in
0: the West over 500 now.
1: Really, I didn't realize that. Dodgers and the Padres and the Giants uh, are under. Well, Uh, uh, so we got we got Arizona and the seventeenth. Uh, they beat a six to three, and uh, Jack Flaherty, uh, who was one and two coming into the game, took the loss. He had six. He went uh, six innings, four earned runs. And his ERA is 2.95. He's got a little more control over his pitches. Uh, Contreras was only hitting 180. And this is the game where he he's starting to turn it around. This last week, he's really turning it around. In this game here, he was two for four. Uh, over this week, he's brought his batting energy up to 241. And he had two stolen bases. Did he steal bases for you guys when he was over there? Yeah, he stole bases. He's a... He's...
0: He... He, had, he did in the last few years, but he played some left field for us, and he, he's a, got enough speed he can cover left field, and he can steal
1: some bases. Well, he's and starting he's, to cover – got... yeah, I always knew he could hit, you know, and I but he's throwing out the runner stealing, and now he's gotten hot. He's got his batting average up to two forty-one and he's 5 for 13 in his last four games with uh, two doubles. And in that time period, he's hitting three eighty-four. So here comes Contreras, you know, which we needed – And uh, Alec Burleson got a second home run, which is good. Um, On DL news, Wayno is making a rehab start, which is good because I think we'll be better if Wayno's in the rotation and Wolford's in the in the uh, bullpen where he can be a long reliever. I think we'll be better. And we have our international signing, Wilkin um, Wilkin uh, Rodriguez. Let's see what is it, Wilkin Rodriguez? Will be making a rehab start in Memphis. And uh he was outstanding in spring training. So it looks like we get Waino back. We have two more in the bullpen. It'll be getting us making us a little stronger there. I don't know who will be sent down. Uh it might be Hicks. We'll see. So we Why lose we, it. Does he have
0: <laughs> options? I don't know.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know all the option games there. So Tuesday, man, it's getting lean, Vince. And uh we lose eight to seven to the Diamondbacks. And in the fourth inning, we're actually winning two to one. We couldn't get him out. One time Montgomery threw a ball and fooled the the batter, and it bounced in front of the plate, and he hit it on the bounce and got a shot in the outfield.
0: I saw that.
1: What are you going to do? And he'd get ahead of him one and two and throw an outside pitch, and they just reach out and tap it over the infield and land in there. It's baseball. You got to – I mean, everybody could do that. If they could do it, we could do it. We didn't do it. We came back from a, a big deficit and made it a game – but uh, this, this, sometimes games just aren't meant to be. It's just not in the cards for you. And that was one of those games right there. Uh, but it was just one bad inning killed us. And um, let's see. So that's kind of it there. And thank God today. Today, Arizona's leaving, and we're going to go on the road. And maybe it's a good thing to get out of St. Louis. But we win 14 to 5 events. Sometimes you need a laugher. You need to just reset everything. We had a big game today. Um, Jake Wolford uh, got his first victory of the year. And again, in spring training, he was our best pitcher uh, every outing anyway. He went five innings, four earned runs, one K and one walk. Now he's had better outings, but this one just so happens your offense scores 14 runs. So he got the win. Uh, Each team made one error, but Tommy Edmond, three for four, three runs, a home run, five RBIs. He's hit 274. Contreras, uh, two for three with two runs, one RBI. He's now up to 274. So in a week, he took his – it's early in the season, too. But he took his bad average from 180 to 274. Very good. Jordan Walker, two for four. He's seems like every day he's getting a hit or a, couple, a walk or two. He's starting to walk more now, too, which is something for the Cardinal fans to like. I like him down there in the seventh and eighth spot. I know a lot of Cardinal fans want him moved up into three, four, or five. But I say leave him down there. Let him work it out. It, less stress in that in those – bet I I don't know what I think. There's less stress at the bottom of the lineup. I know every bat is the same. It means more, but down there he's like what double uh uh you know cleanup or something. And it seems like he's succeeding down there. So I wouldn't mess with it. I just leave him down there. Um, uh, let's see. And uh, I mentioned about Edmund and Donovan's defense. They've been fantastic. And this week Contreras went eight for sixteen. Just. Uh, hitting 500 this week. I know that can't hit keep up. but hit a couple of game home runs.
0: Yes, yeah. Game
1: game. Yeah. yeah, hit a couple home runs. He's so stolen went, a couple of bases.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: So, hey, oh, that's that's really cool. And the young guys, I tell you what, this is – I know our record's not good. And I know we're in fourth and we're only a half game ahead of the Reds. But our young players are looking fantastic, especially Nolan Gorman, who hit a home run today, Is his fifth. Uh, he's leading the, our team in home runs and his defense is looking much better. He's not chasing like he did last year. He's only in his second year and he's looking really good. Uh, Burleson Alec Burleson, which is technically, this is his rookie year. He's a little older rookie, but, uh, he, he looks like he's very good with the stick, uh, Donovan and of course Walker. Now Carlson's been fine and moderate and O'Neill have been fine. And O'Neill's really not a young player anymore. He's kind of in the middle range there, but, uh, Things are going to get good, and Jordan Hicks, for two days in a row, has had a good outing. They he, they brought him in, and in the last two days, he's had, he's pitched two innings with a hit, a walk, and five strikeouts in two innings. Now, they were low-leverage uh, situations. and one, we were losing big time. And the other one, we are winning big time. So maybe that's what he's got to do, just pitch in low-leverage situations and get himself righted. So that's pretty good. And um, so, anyway, we're three games under five hundred. Um, we're five and a half games out of first place and we're going, we got a day off tomorrow, which is good. And then we go to on the road to Seattle and San Francisco next week. And the Cardinals are eight 11 right now, but Vince, can I, can I go over some team batting stats? Because this is going to glorify your cubbies right here. So I think you'll like that. All right. In batting leading the national league, the Cardinals are tied for third with Atlanta. And I think Atlanta, they're on a roll right now. They're looking good. The Cubs are second in team batting. That's fantastic. So we're two sixty nine. The Cubs are hitting a two eighty five clip. That's fantastic. And the top yeah. hitting the top hitting team is the Phillies, with a two eighty six. So you're right behind the Phillies in hitting. Uh, home runs. Um, the Dodgers lead all the National League with thirty two, but we have twenty one, and you guys have twenty. And stolen bases. Everybody's talking about Arizona with eighteen. I read the Cubs have twenty-two stolen bases after yeah, uh, Tuesday. A That's I didn't I didn't realize the Cubs were running so much. Pitching the Cardinals, we were eleventh last week and we're twelfth this week. So, uh, yeah, but uh, Atlanta is third. I thought Atlanta would be higher than that. The Cubs are second. So second in hitting is second in pitching. You got a three point one nine ERA as a team. Yeah, and, we're pitching good. Pitching good and Milwaukee, you know, number one pitching with a 2.96. So under three as a team, that's fantastic. Milwaukee's tough. And fielding... well,
0: you're going you're to notice Milwaukee's going to start sliding down because I just got from Haiti my Milwaukee Brewers voodoo collection <laughs> dolls. So start sticking pins in them. Right. Start sticking. no i can't stick a syringe and then
1: they'll get better so. oh, oh that's right they'll get stronger that's right yeah. so we gotta keep them away from mark cereal and fielding is the last thing i was going to touch on vince and i know been going on a while here but the cardinals are tied for second in fielding with san diego padres the number one fielding team is the mets and the only i say shortcoming it looks like with the cubs is their fielding they're tied for 10th with the reds So, uh, but I think they moved up a little. I think they were 12th last week, so they moved up a little bit in their fielding this week. So anyway,
0: Suzuki back. We're going to start moving up because the the right field was just a defensive hole. So that's that's going
1: to just improve just because of that. And that's it for me. And I'm sorry I went a bit long. I just I love all the little statistics and stuff like that. Okay,
0: well. I
1: Max told me I should do
0: this, so I'm going to do this on a weekly basis until Matt Mervis is called up. I'm going to compare Matt Mervis's AAA stats in Iowa with what I'm calling Hazini, Hosmer, and uh, uh, Mancini. They both play first. I'm putting their stats together. I like comparing this. them to Mervis, and I'm not doing this sh- uh, just because. I got an axe to grind with Mancini and Hosmer. The fact is this, Hosmer, even though he went deep today, he he hits the ball on the ground way too much. Way too much. And uh I knew that coming into the season, that was his 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 uh MO that he he's a ground ball hitter, he doesn't have speed. Um, so if his hits don't find holes, you know, you're looking at a lot of easy Throwouts, a lot of easy double plays. Uh, Mancini is just lost, especially against right handers. He has no business. But let me uh compare Matt Mervis in a triple A Iowa right now. He has 41 at bats, he has three home runs, 13 RBIs. Listen to this he has 13 bases on balls, nine strikeouts. So his walks are above his strikeouts. He's hitting 293. He has an OPS of 889. Anything above 800 is, is really good. Um, for a first baseman, you wanted, you know, mid, upper 800s, and he's there. It is A, but that's what he's got. This is what Hazzini has. And some of these at-bats, you know, have been in different positions. I didn't want to go through a nitpick, you know, the times they played first base, but this is just these two, uh, gentlemen put together, uh, Hazini has 115 at bats, two home runs, 19 RBIs, which sounds like a lot. And it is, but as you said, the Cubs are second in the league in hitting, there's always traffic on the base. And I would venture to say we may be first in on base percentage because we have like Hap, we have uh, Swanson, we have some people uh, with them who will take their walks. So we're probably really high on a, on base percentage. So uh, these RBIs are not necessarily the product of their great hitting. It's the product that there's just a lot of traffic on the base. So you know you hit a ground out, a guy runs home, you get an RBI, you hit a sacrifice fly or something of that nature. But this is where it really starts to get bogged down. Together, Hazini has five walks and 27 strikeouts. Out. Hazini is hitting 200 and has an OPS of 541. You cannot have a major league team that has a first-base position with an OPS of 541. That's atrocious. We are one-tenth of the way through the season now.
1: Again, ouch.
0: Yeah, it's, it goes by fast, doesn't it? Man, I didn't
1: think about that.
0: Mancini's going to be on the team. I mean, they, we've signed him to a two-year contract. He's there, and he's going to have to figure this out. And They have started taking him out of the lineup um, a lot more. He's going to have to figure this out. Um, but we're not going to cut him. Hosmer, we are paying the league minimum and his $22 million, all except for the league minimum, is being picked up by the Padres. So we can get rid of him. It doesn't matter. Or we have uh, Luis Terence and we have uh, Edwin Rio. And they barely play. I mean, they, they played today, but they barely play nothing against those two. But if you got two guys that barely play, you can perceivably keep Hosmer and Mancini and call up Mervis because these guys aren't playing anyway. And you could DH Mervis, you can have Hosmer play first, and you can let Mancini figure it out against left-handers Send Mervis against left-handers and let Mancini DH against left-handers and figure out a stroke. Or you can just get rid of Hosmer, put Mervis on first base, the H. Mancini, get Torrens and Rios more at bats. You can do something. But it does concern me. The one thing that really concerns me about this team is that first base position where we have a 541 OPS. Mervis is not a 20-year-old kid. He's 25. He has earned his time in the major leagues. We are past the date already. Uh, So service time will not be an issue. We would have him for this year and then six more years. Bring him up, please. Because I don't like having a first base position, one of your thumper positions being a 541 OPS. And Mancini just looks completely lost. And even though Hauser went deep, there's just nothing there. There's a lot of ground balls. And unless they find holes, he's an out so let me get on to a few transactions on friday uh master boney was optioned to iowa so we could bring up suzuki to the roster great we got a right fielder who could actually hit the ball and catch the ball so uh also uh, on saturday we uh optioned Velasquez to iowa thank you for the uh, grand slam uh last week ago monday uh that brought us back and we won that probably game of the year uh we really appreciate it but there's just no room so Going back down to Iowa, so you're getting some advance, and we brought in our left hander, brought up our left hander Brandon Hughes to put him in the bullpen. So we are back at 13 uh, pitchers uh, this week. We went five and one on the West Coast. Friday we opened our uh, series, three game series with the Dodgers, with an 8 to 2 win. Happ goes four for four. Gomes goes three for four, and Gomes hits two home runs. Gomes suddenly found an offensive stroke. Uh, Suzuki and Wisdom both homer. Steel pitches seven innings, two earned runs to get the win. So starts off good. We're playing a good team. We're playing in Los Angeles and we start with the win. Saturday is one of those games that just really irks me. We lost two to one. Mm-hmm. We score our only run on a wisdom home run. I own pitched five shutout innings. So he his his pitching actually matched his what what he should have been pitching. He didn't have any bad luck or anything of that nature. Yeah. Uh we enter the ninth with a One to nothing lead, and we bring in Fulmer, and they get some traffic. There's two on and two outs, and first base is open, and you've got uh, David Peralta up to bat, who's a left-hander. Fulmer's a right-hander. Ross told him, don't give him anything good to hit, which agitates me. Don't put it in the pitcher's hands, because the pitcher can make a mistake. They they make mistakes all the time. All the time. The manager should make the, the decision, put him on, put the left-hander on, we'll pitch to the next guy. So, Bulmer, uh shook off uh, Gomes and threw a pitch that maybe he shouldn't have pitched. It leaked over the plate. Uh, Peralta hits a soft liner. They score two runs. They win the game walk-off fashion. But this is one of those things, I'm not saying, that if you walk him, we automatically win the game because you still have to execute. But when I talk about how Craig Council makes the right decisions and Ross doesn't always, this is a prime example. The right decision for the manager is to say, put him on first, pitch the next guy. That's the difference between being a good strategist and being a team that doesn't didn't necessarily execute something. You put him the right strategy is to put him on and then take your chances with the next hitter. And if they get a hit, okay, it's just poor execution. Something happened. But that's the right management uh strategy is to take it out of the pitcher's hands. So I'm not saying that that Ross has lost this game. I'm saying that we were one out away from winning this game. We would have had a much better shot, I think, if he tells you tells him. Walk the left-hander, we'll pitch to the right-hander. So, but anyway, um, and uh, by the way, on deck was a right-hander, Austin Barnes, who was over for the season. And uh, Will Smith yeah. is injured. So, um, Ross, well, I didn't know if Will Smith was going to be available to pinch hit or not. Well, apparently yeah. in the Dodger booth, they've been saying, yeah, Will Smith is injured, he won't be playing this game, you know. So, uh, anyway, so we're 1-1, one and one. okay. But on Sunday, I get happy again. Every time, we win three to two. Swanson goes three for five with the double. Uh, Wisdom and Bellinger they hit back to back home runs in the seventh off of Julio Urias, who you and I both picked to be the Cy Young Award winner this year. He pitched a great game, but Smiley matched him. This is Smiley's second straight great outing. Uh, he pitched five and two thirds of an inning, only gave up one run. Um, Mark Leiter Jr. came in and he struck out Freeman, I think with the bases loaded in the seventh. Freeman's a left-hander, Leiter's a right-hander. Leiter has the most nasty uh, splitter for a left-hander. That's why left-handers cannot hit him because they don't see it. And this is the second time in this series that Leiter has struck out Freeman, who's not one of the best. Bad hitter. Yeah. He is He is waving it. He just doesn't see it. Well. Mark Leiter Jr., we we waived him and he completely cleared waivers. Nobody claimed him and we re-signed him. And even before all that happened, I was saying back in November that I think Mark Leiter Jr. has the stuff to be a closer. And then we wave him and nobody claims him, so we resign him. He may be the most wicked left-handed reliever in baseball, and he throws right-handed. It is just phenomenal the job he does coming out of the bullpen and that splitter has just revived his career um the uh i think was the seventh or eighth inning suzuki lost the ball in the sun for a double um mancini struck again at first base by uh, uh booting a ball so even though we won three to two we should have won three to one basically um we played the game. We beat them more handily than, than a three to two. So we won two and three in Los Angeles. And then we go to Oakland. Can
1: Monday, I say something went, quick? Bellinger. Uh, it was great to see him hit that home run. I saw the, the, the highlights of that. Oh, and he crushed it. He crushed it. The Dodger fans still respect him and thank him for his years. It's just a nice moment that, that happened. Uh, And then wisdom is, I think, tied for the lead in the national league in home runs. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah, We'll we'll get to
1: that. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. (laughs) So
0: Monday, uh, we beat Oakland 10 to one. Suzuki goes three for five. Bellinger goes five for five wisdom hits two home runs. So this is game four of this West coast swing. He has five home runs in the four games, uh, Wisniewski pitches seven innings, one run. I could go through, you know, the good things everybody did, but we won ten to two, so everybody did great. So uh, Tuesday, uh, we went again four to nothing, and Suzuki goes two for two with three walks. Stroman six innings pitched um, with no runs. Stroman in four outings this year is three and zero with a zero point seven five ERA. So he is just looking wonderful he has an opt out this after this year and the rumors are that we're trying to extend him by give him a few more years buy out that opt out keep him around um for a guy who throws in the low 90s um just just a, a great pitcher and he's a great human being and he's he's a great teammate after lighter junior struck out freeman out of the dugout to meet lighter junior Strowman just comes onto the field clapping and everything you know just, just a wonderful person to have on your team. Today we won 12 to 2, and we were f- going to face a pitcher who had an ERA of about, I don't know, eight or 10 or something like that. And then I was listening to Power Alley on MLB. Uh, whatever. Um, and they were interviewing the manager of the A's, Mark Kotze, and he said that they're going to be pitching Mason Miller, who is their top pitching prospect. This guy is phenomenal. He throws one hundred with ease. I he has a cutter that is nasty. He reminds me of Noah Syndergaard when Noah Syndergaard was Noah Syndergaard when he was Thor. Um, he doesn't have a long hair, but man, he is a big right hander. He's a horse and he throws hard with ease. And uh, we uh, he he was limited to about eighty pitches, and. We, he pitched an inning and a third. And we got two runs off of him. Um, but, yeah, I was very impressed. Uh, command, poise, everything. Too bad he's in open. Um okay. Anyway, today, Horner went three for five. Hap, Hosmer, and Madrigal all had two hits. Uh, like I said earlier, Hosmer did go deep for his first home run. Wisdom had a triple in this game and drove in two runs. And Steele had six innings pitched, one run steel is three and zero with a 1.44 era and for a guy whose fastball is in the low 90s and uh he he also has the uh, cutter that's basically all he, all he all he throws but um he's so difficult to pick up and he, this isn't a fluke he had a tremendous second half last year and he's just carrying that through so we went five and one on the road going to the west coast Absolutely. uh our, our record now is 11 and six okay. and i'm you're telling jj you know we could easily be 13 or 14 wins and just a few losses um we could have been 6 and 0 on this trip but hey 5 and 1 I'll take especially when we started off with the dodgers so uh i think we're after watching this team for 17 games now i i'm 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 ready to call this is a good team it's it's not a great team but it's a very good team and with unless injuries happen, we're not going away. Um we have uh so many different weapons uh pitching, starting pitching, relief pitching. Uh we have offense, we're scoring a lot of runs, we have disciplined hitters. Um I think that we're gonna hang around. So um and I tempered that optimism because I am a Cub fan <laughs> and we're we always just wait for the shoe to drop, but um so I, I think after after the first 10th of the season, I'm saying we are a really good team. Oakland is what I would call a bad team <laughs> I'm not I'm not using hyperbole here. this series was the most lopsided series I think I have seen in my life. I did not see the 62 Mets, but I hate, I am watching the 23 Oakland A's we outscored them 26 to three. And besides the starting pitcher on Tuesday who was decent and the starting pitcher today, who I think has a tremendous future, there was nothing on this team to like, um, they don't catch the ball. They don't throw the ball. Well, they make terrible mental mistakes. And I know they're very young and inexperienced and a lot of these players wouldn't even be in triple a on, on some teams. Um, but this is just not a very good team. And I'll finish with this, um, Wisdom is tied with Pete Alonzo for the league lead in home runs with eight. Horner um, is tied with Cedric Bowens with the most stolen base in, bases in Major League Baseball with nine. Horner wasn't stealing bases last year. This year, we have a lot of traffic on the base and we have a lot of people stealing bases. Uh, so we've made a concerted effort to be a little more aggressive than we have been in the years past and it's paying off at this time. So I'm... uh. Very giddy about this week. Very happy about this week. And it's not just because we went 5-1. and one, It's because we went into Los Angeles, and I think we proved right now we are a better team than the Dodgers. Um, when we can match up our number four starter with their number one and uh, uh, Smiley can outpitch him, that's a sign of a good team. Yeah. Stroman, Steele, yeah, okay, that's who you want to compete against, Shireyes. Uh, when you're down to your fourth starter because of the way it matches up, you think, okay I mean i I've conceded that you know the Dodgers are going to win this game didn't so very very happy with
1: me so Vince, who would you say has been the biggest surprise for you on that cub team was there a guy that's just exceeding your expectations is there I just was wondering is there somebody to to watch that maybe I haven't noticed before um I I wisdom
0: has played all-star caliber he's 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 not arenado but he's a very good defensive third baseman and he was two years ago like i said last year for some reason he he was just a butcher and this year he's played a very solid third base and wisdom was an all or nothing hitter the first two years with the cubs you know it was swing for the fence he hit like 210 last year um he he was you know dave kingman and his approach to to hitting This year, he is trying to cut down on the strikeouts. He's hitting a lot better with two strikes. Um, the triple he hit today uh, was opposite field. Um, he hit a double yesterday. It's not just that he's hitting these home runs. He is hitting the ball hard. Um, and uh, I heard a stat, I think it was in yesterday's game, they were saying that um, in the last two years, wisdom – I think uh Pete Alonso and someone else. I can't remember who else, and it wasn't Judge. It's was kind of amazing to me. It may have been Trout. There's only two players that have more home runs, have a better home run per at bat than Wisdom. And this year, I think the first two years he thought, okay, I can hit home runs in this league. And this year he's kind of okay, it's time for me to take my game up. So he has surprised me. Dansby Swanson has really surprised me. He is a positive force in this clubhouse and um I it's not like one player is really surprising they're all just playing up to their ceiling or close to their ceiling
1: fantastic
0: but man. the thing that it that um this this team just feels very cohesive and uh I hope they continue with that.
1: Outstanding. There, there, was a few notes about in our division, if you don't mind. Uh, we talked about our love, our uh, how much we admire Craig Council. Well, this week he passed. He, I think he had his one thousand one hundred and something game, and he passed Phil Gardner as the all-time uh, Brewer coach, the most games coached by a manager for the Milwaukee Brewers. So that's great, Craig Council. I also saw that the Reds signed their young phenom pitcher Green to an extension and we're seeing that more these days where uh, a team like the reds who usually have trouble hanging on to their players are signing them and getting rid of some of those arbitration years and their their young years and sign them for some extra years and i think that's great because i want to i like to see a player that comes up stay with that team as long as possible and that's and i also heard that uh, corbin burns had to leave the game a little with a little uh discomfort and i don't wish that on anyone but uh, we're both chasing Milwaukee and we'll take any help we can get. So anyway, <laughs> that's a few, especially as Cardinals right now, I'm telling you, why well, it's been rough. This I'm seeing stolen bases and these rules. I'm enjoying them. I'm getting used to them. And I saw the Cardinals do two sack bunts this week, which I don't remember us sacrificing button hardly at all. So I'm liking these new rules. Yeah. Right.
0: I, I, I'm i telling people it it. It's baseball, like whenever I was growing up, it was baseball, like until the '90s, and then it just, with what? all the shifting, everything got weird. And then you know, with all the pitching specialization and everything, games were dragging on. Um, we had a someone throw a complete game in less than two hours. Uh, I can't Whoa,
1: remember. wow!
0: But yeah, even even like a slugfest like today, uh, the Cubs won twelve to two. It wasn't a three-hour game you know the game just keeps moving so nice and
1: smooth uh when we we've had bad innings the cardinal pitchers have had like one bad inning particularly and like the other night with montgomery where they were hitting balls that were dropping in front of the plate the pitcher can't walk around the mound and rub the ball up and delay the game and kind of reset himself he's got to get back out there in 15 seconds and throw another pitch so it's sometimes it's a little rough you know getting when you got when it's going bad Kind of tough to take a break unless the catcher comes out and talks to you or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we we always look for fun things to do, you know, the last segment of the show, you know. Well, I guess baseball cards is always the last thing, that's always fun. It's but fun. but uh, we decided we were going to do five players from each team that were like one-hit wonders or, or one-season wonders, you know, in Music yell. One-hit wonder, you know. Uh, the net came out with my Sharona and then they Great.
1: were selling
0: Wheaties out of the back of a truck for the rest of <laughs> your life or something like that. We we kind of decided we we're going to focus on five players who just had one season where they were very impactful and then kind of faded into mediocrity or obscurity. So JJ, you've had a rough week. Why don't you go first? <laughs>
1: oh, all right. I wanted to it's been a rough week. It, uh, I kind of wanted to mix it up with current. Well, more current players and some old timers and Vince what I like about this is we get to talk about players that maybe people didn't even know existed we have a lot of little leaguers that listen and a lot of them don't know anything past Yadier and Pujols with us and you know uh, they heard of Ozzy and Sandberg but they don't know all the particulars about them so I it's just great to talk about these old players and uh, the first player, well, you want to go back and forth? I'll talk first on the first yeah, one. let's go back I got, I've got a pitcher, and you're going to remember this pitcher, and you're going to remember why. Uh, Kent Bottenfield. I knew you would have Kent on there. <laughs> yeah, Kent's on there, all right. Kent was actually, in 1997, on December 20th, the Cubs granted him free agency, all right? So in the early uh, winter of 1998, that following, in the same winter, we the Cardinals signed him. That year, uh, so 98, and he plays 98 and 99 for the Cardinals. In 98, he did all right. He was mainly a bullpen pitcher with a few spot starts. But 1999, we needed an extra starter. He looked good in spring. He comes out in 1999 and goes 18 and seven. 18 and seven. And he had an ERA of three, three uh, 3.97. He pitched 190 innings. With 124 strikeouts and 89 walks. Now the rest of his career, he only goes uh, 28 and 42 with a 4.54 ERA. So the Cardinals, uh, my, I have a friend that always says uh, buy low and sell high, and that's exactly what the Cardinals did. Yeah, that's what they did. That's what they did. So in, Jimmy in baseball, yeah, Jimmy Baseball in 2000 that winter, we trade him and a young promising. Second baseman uh, in our AAA team, Adam Kennedy, to the California Angels, and we got Jim Edmonds. And all of you that remember Jim Edmonds, uh, I don't know why he was available. He's made one of the greatest catches I ever seen in Kansas City where he was running with his back to the wall, and the ball was turning, and he looked over the wrong shoulder, and he just dove out and caught the ball in the webbing of his glove. And I always thought, my gosh, who is this guy? Well, we got Jimmy Edmonds. And that's the weird thing about baseball. Sometimes players just fall in your lap. Maybe they were just tired of him. I don't know, but we got him. And Jimmy Edmonds, and I like to fall in this trade because we had Jimmy Edmonds from 2000 to 2007. And then we trade him to the Padres and we get David Freeze. So Kit Bottenfield has directly affected Cardinal baseball because everybody remembers David Freeze, who had – one of the greatest postseasons I can ever remember with some of the biggest hits, and uh, so anyway, 1999, he's 18 and seven with a 3.97 ERA and his WAR is 3.0. He's 30 years old, uh, and the rest of his career, he never won more than five games in any of his previous years. Uh, before leaving the Cardinals, it was a uh, let's see. Oh, he, when he won his 18 games, the next best pitcher on the team was Darren Oliver, a name. Uh, wow, I kind of, for- yeah, yeah, that's a blast. the past. I kind of forgot that name. He won nine. So he was by far our best pitcher that year. And, uh, but a closer look at his statistics, which I don't think we could get away with trading him for Jimmy Edmonds. Now he, his, uh, his whip was 1.503. That's a horrible whip. Um, uh, and he had 124 strikeouts and 190 innings and 89 walks. And uh, anyway, that was it. And it was Kent Bottenfield. And uh, I'll always rem- I remember that year. It just seems like he got enough run support. And he pitched well enough. And the Cardinals were in those games. And it seems like it's just the luck of the draw. And he would get a bunch of wins that year. So that's my first one-hit wonder right there, Kent Bottenfield. And, and he was an all-star that
0: year. He made the all-star team and pitched in the game. Did not do well, but... Um. Yeah, uh, yeah. I whenever we just said oh they're going to put Bob Field on there. And then there, there's another player I got in mind. That okay. See. see if I name uh, him. Uh, my first player uh is Brian Lahair. Um, Lahair being French for the rabbit. I don't know, <laughs> but anyway, Brian Lahair. <laughs> you, you had me. Okay. Um, in two thousand twelve. I hate it when my notes stick together. I, I hate it when people know that I'm using notes and this little, isn't little all coming off the top of my head.
1: You're like Dan Weather, man. You're looking at the people.
0: Yeah. In 2012, he came out of the gate as our first baseman, and he was just holding the place because we knew we had Rizzo coming. Um, but we didn't expect anything. We were in a transition year, and, uh, you yeah, know, this was the years between – the the Jim Hendry and the uh, um, Theo Epstein. And we knew that we were going to be rebuilding. So we were going to rebuild with this guy, Brian LaHare, who had played a lot of minor league baseball. He had had a few stints in the major leagues with the uh, uh, Mariners. Uh, In 2012, he came through. And in mid-June, he was hitting over 300. And he had 14 home runs. So being we weren't that good, he was our representative in the All-Star game. Brian LaHare with his 14 home runs. And he actually got the play. I think he struck out or something in a pinch hitting role. But this was the one of the most, uh, what can I say? Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Improbable. There it is. One of the most improbable all-stars because he was looked at as a classic triple-A type hitter, uh, not a great hitter, uh, but some power. Um, and if he was going to make a team, it was going to be as a bench role. And he just kind of had this path laid out for him that he was going to be most likely a career minor leaguer. Uh, but he came up, he got red hot at the beginning of the season, and he made the all-star team. Um after the All Star Game, he only hit two more home runs the rest of the year, and he found himself just by the last month of the season. He was only getting a few pinch hitting roles. Um, he he went to play in Japan uh, the next year, and he never played another game in the major leagues. So, when people talk about Brian Lahaire, which nobody does but me, um, it was kind of a really special. First part of the season, I remember I was in, a, I think I was in Fulton, Missouri, listening to a cup game, uh, um, driving to a place, and Brian LaHare comes up, and, and I remember thinking, because at this time he was red, I'm thinking he's going to hit a home run, and he hit a home run, and I felt like, like a biblical prophet or something. <laughs> Brian LaHare, that first one.
1: Brian LaHare. Well, Vince, you might want to get out the tissue for this one. Because sometimes when you have one good year, things happen. I mean, sometimes you never know why a kid can throw 100 miles an hour and another kid can only throw 65 miles an hour. Sometimes just, you know, just genetics, you know, just something happened. That kid on that movie broke his arm and then he could throw 103 miles an hour. Remember that movie? Yeah. (laughs) Well, this one. A lot of people don't know this name. This is why I just want to bring this name to our attention. He was an outfielder named Austin McHenry. And uh, he came up in 1918. I love the old players. I love delving into the history of baseball. And every year from 1918 to 1920, he played a little bit more. And he was hitting in the two high 200s, like a 282 hitter in there. But 1921, everything came together. He hit three fifty. And that's back when there was no batting helmets. they throw inside. They didn't mind if they hit you. they knock you off that plate. So you couldn't settle in that batter's box. That was, it was a little different kind of game. So 350, 102 RBIs, and that's in an 154-game season. Not 162 like today, 154. He had 102 RBIs, an OPS of 924. And Vince tells you anything over, wow. eight, eight, huh? yeah, anything over 800 is fantastic. And he had a war of 5.1. 17 home runs and 10 stolen bases uh at age he was 25 years old he emerged as one of the best hitters in the major leagues and he finished third in slugging with a 531 and uh he finished third and uh roger hornsby of the cardinals his teammate was the first the top guy that year and he just came on like gangbusters and we were um just five years away from our first world championship and we were starting to build a good team but then the next year came up and he started uh have having some inconsistencies at the plate and he was having trouble seeing the ball and he only played 64 games and it was starting to have some problems with his vision and it turned out Vince he had a brain tumor and I'm sorry to bring this down but this guy I you got can you hit the incredible hulk music i <laughs> had a brain tumor this isn't and
0: <laughs> well you could have said he had syphilis that would have been even sadder so all right he had a brain tumor he had a brain tumor in
1: 1922 he passes away wow So, you know i'm sorry to bring this to a screeching halt but this guy austin mchenry one great year you know i know as a kid i thought man if i just get to majors and you know just you know uh, hit a home run oh man wouldn't that be great or something like that and this guy got to live his uh he worked his whole you know as a kid growing up he played 4 years in the majors well part of 5 and then you know and that's just that's just how it is sometimes somebody gets hurt i think a dave drebecky a lot of players like that where Uh, their time is cut short but for that one year 1921 this guy was unstoppable and and a great baseball player so that guy was an outfielder by the name of Austin McHenry
0: I'd never heard of him that's that's an awesome
1: story I hadn't either until I I did some research Hmm. well my next player
0: is uh Rick Wilkins in the 80s we had Really good catching. We had Jody Davis, an all-star, and then after Jody Higgs, we had we had a guy named Damon Berryhill, which was a yeah, decent good. catcher. And uh, but Rip Wilkins, uh, he was going to be a stud uh, because in 1993, behind the plate, he smashed 30 home runs. Um, that was just three behind our team leader, Sammy Sosa. And uh, listen to this: he batted 303. He had an on-base a percentage of 376. He had an OPS of 937 for a catcher. Whoa. So that was third in the National League behind Bonds and Andreas Galarraga, who was playing in, in Denver at that time. And I'm thinking, wow, we've got the best offensive catcher in the National League. And I was really excited he went on to hit 28 home runs over the next four years. I don't know what happened to him. He just had one magical year where he was lights out, and then he was so pedestrian the rest of his time. Um, he played. Uh, he ended up playing for seven other teams before leaving as a journeyman in 2001, retiring. Um, But for one season, I really thought we had the catcher of the future in Major League Baseball and Rick Wilkins, uh, just an offensive machine, and then it just fell apart that quick. That can happen with catchers. They can have one or two really good seasons, and just because of the physical beating you take back there, offense is usually the first thing to suffer. And uh, Rick Wilkins just fell off the uh, face of the earth offensively and just ended up Petering out in his career, but Rick Wilkins, number two.
1: Rick Wilkins see, I never heard that. And name he didn't before. die of a
0: brain tumor, so we're happy.
1: Yeah, i I promise this player did not die of a brain tumor that I know of. That I know of. All right. The next player is a pitcher, and his name's Dick Hughes. And I have some I have a baseball card of him, uh, 1967. He was on that world championship team, and uh he kind of looked like a mild mannered guy, he kind of looked like Bunny Carlos, the drummer of cheap trick. You know, but a thinner version of Bunny Carlos. He had those glasses like Bunny wore, and uh, in in so in nineteen sixty seven, Vince he goes sixteen and six with a two point six seven ERA and a three point nine WAR. He threw two hundred and twenty two innings, forty eight walks and one hundred stri- one one hundred sixty one strikeouts. What a year! He was our winningest uh, pitcher on our team. And he was a 29-year-old rookie. And I applaud a guy. He's down there in the minors working his way up. By the time a lot of players get to 24, 25, they kind of say, all right, I guess it wasn't meant to be. But this guy hung on, and he got a, a season of fame right there. Um, and you, and I'm saying it's 1967, and we had Bob Gibson on the team. He, he had more wins than Bob Gibson. Yes, Bob Gibson broke his leg. In July of that year with a line drive off his leg and had to be carried off the field. So he missed 10 starts. And so uh, Dick Hughes just picked up the slack and did a great job. Dick Hughes that year finished second in the rookie of the year voting to someone you may have heard of Tom Seaver. Tom Seaver was the rookie of the year that year and Dick Hughes was number two. Uh, Of course, everybody knows Tom Seaver goes on to have one of the greatest pitching careers ever and Dick Hughes, this is pretty much it for him uh one year later he tore his rotator cup and uh hughes went two and two with a 3.53 era that year and he never pitched in the big leagues again but he did pitch two world series games in uh, 67 which was the year the cardinals beat the red sox and we pretty much jumped on the back of Bob gibson who carried us through but bob broke his leg and only missed 10 starts that's incredible um but uh, Dick Hughes in the World Series, he started two games. He only threw nine innings, five earned runs, three walks, seven strikeouts. And uh, Bob Gibson in sixty-seven during the regular year, like I said, Dick Hughes went uh, sixteen and six. Well, missing ten starts, Bob Gibson still went thirteen and seven. So uh, anyway, Dick Hughes a big reason the the Cardinals went on and to the World Series that year, and uh. uh A player I think a lot of Cardinal fans should know about.
0: Okay. My third player was the 1989 Rookie of the Year. And he was a spark plug of our cup team that won the National League East. And his name is Jerome Walton. He boasted a mid-season 30-game hitting streak. He was a center fielder and he had speed. And he was our leadoff hitter, and we we went to the uh went to the uh t- t- playoffs. And so naturally you think, okay, well, this is going to be our leadoff hitter for the next few years. He was, but he was never very good after that. Um he played three more years for the Cubs, and he had a very modest uh remaining three years with the Cubs and then they just let him go and he kind of became a utility player he had a pretty long career uh played with the Angels the Braves the Reds the Rays the Orioles he just kind of bounced around uh usually that fourth or fifth outfielder but the way he entered we thought hey we've got someone great here and it just goes to show you much like the accused one second in rookie of the year sometimes you'll have a rookie of the year And they really don't do much. I remember uh, John Castillo won Rookie of the Year one year for the Minnesota Twins. And then I never heard of him again. It just happens that way. So Jerome Jerome Walton, uh, he's my third
1: player of these players who uh, just had one special season. I remember Pat Listash from the Brewers was Rookie of the Year. And we thought, oh, this guy, he could bunt, he could steal bases, and never heard from him again. In eighty-seven, I was in the Navy and I didn't get to see a single game that year. I was out at sea the pretty much 10 months. And I slacker. was slacker. <laughs> I had a great tan. I did have a good tan, but uh I followed the season in the newspapers and I remember, you know, oh, the Cubs, you know, I always uh, we'll you know, just the Mets that I hate. And I remember the Cubs were doing really good, and I said what's going on and they had that jerome walt and i was like who's this guy and it was april and i said well he'll slow down by may and then in may i can't keep this up and he was good all year long i remember that that year i remember following him in the paper had a great great year yeah well my number four this might be the guy the other guy you were thinking of uh 2008 ryan ludwig no but yeah that's a good one ryan ludwig ryan ludwig came up he was a it's good player, uh, in 2008, it all came together. Uh, 37 home runs, you know, the Cardinals don't usually have, except for the steroid, except for our good friend here. We <laughs> don't have a lot of big uh, Johnny Mize in the early days and uh, and Maguire, but we usually we don't have any big home run leaders. But uh, Ludwig had a great year that year 37 home runs, 113 RBIs, 104 runs scored and an OPS of 966 and a 5.5 war. I like to go over some of those stats because he never matched anything like that ever before he slugged five, nine, one, and he was only second to Albert Pujols. And that year, Albert won the MVP, but uh, he even had a better slug than Ryan Howard, who finished second for the MVP in 2008. So what a year. But uh, like I said, he scored 104 runs and, um, Ludwig never scored more than 63 runs in a season the rest of his career had a nice career he bounced around kind of a journeyman he played here until it was like a free agent type year and then he was gone um and he he played 11 seasons in the big league so he got his 10 years in to get his full pension and everything but in that 08 team Ludwig kind of got overlooked because in 08 the, the stars of the team were Yachty and Pujols, and we had Troy Gloss at third base, who had a decent year. Uh, Rick Ankeel, who might be the other person you're thinking of. Chris nope. No, Chris Duncan and Skip Schumacher, who is now the manager of the uh, Marlins. So anyway, that is my fourth one, Ryan Ludwig. And I think that's a good guy you should go back and look, because that one year, man, he really put it on and had a great one.
0: Yeah, I, I had forgotten that he did have that one great year. Uh, my fourth player is uh, Dick Ellsworth. Um, he was a Cub in 1963. And for those of you who know anything about the history of the Cubs, from 1961 through 64, I think, they they didn't have a manager. They had a college of coaches. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tried a whole different concept. I never knew that. <clears throat> Crashed and burned. It, it sucked. <laughs> One yeah. experiment. So, uh <clears throat> That year, though, in 63, uh, when they did have the College of Coaches, uh, it was a little different. Uh, The Cubs were in first place in June and they finished about 500 for the season. So, um, but the biggest part of that team, as far as the pitching goes, was Dick Ellsworth, who came out of nowhere, literally. Who's Dick Ellsworth? He was 22 and 10. And to tell you what's not a fluke, his ERA was 2.11. So wasn't like one of these players, like one year Bill Gullickson won 20 games with an ERA of four. It wasn't like that. He actually pitched really good. Um, but after that year, he never came close to that again. Um, he was with that 1968 uh, Red Sox team. Um, that's where Cardinal fans may have heard from him. He was, I think, the third starter. He did have a decent season with them. He won 16 games, but he wasn't otherworldly like he was for this one season with the Cubs where he won a lot of games and his ERA was minuscule and he never put it back together. In fact, the Cubs just kind of got rid of him after a few years thinking he's not going to go anywhere. And then, you know, he lashed on with the Red Sox and had a decent bounce back season uh, five years later, but Dick Ellsworth, uh, my number four player to come out of nowhere
1: and have a great season. All right. Well, my number five, And I'm trying to do current, and I went all the way back to the 1912. 1939, a pitcher by the name of Bob Bowman. Yeah, that was the guy. No.
0: No, I I was thinking that uh, Hazel Baker guy.
1: Oh. Was that one year very great year, though? He had great moments, but was it a great year? I, I just remember
0: there was one year, like, I don't know, six, seven years ago, every time I turned on the um, highlights. What was his first name? Nathan?
1: I don't hardly remember him at all, but I remember that last name now.
0: It just seemed like every time I turned on the highlights, he was in the middle of something.
1: Anyway, go ahead. Well, I I, I vaguely remembered him. I think he had great moments, but not a great year. But Bob Bowman, 1939, pre-World War II. uh, He went 13 and 5. And he had a 2.60 ERA and a 4.8 war. He was another 28-year-old rookie. I like those guys that stick it out. Going to make it to the big leagues. He appeared in 51 games. This is before the pitch count. And he may be one of the guys why they have a pitch count now. (laughs) And out of those 51 games, 15 were as a starter. And he pitched 169 innings. They just bring him in all the time. He was lights out. He was the second best player on the team to Johnny Mize kind of doing a little history lesson there. Cause Johnny Mize was a great Cardinal player, the big cat over at first base. He had uh, his 2.60 ERA was second best in the national league. And I believe it was a Cincinnati red of all things that had the best ERA that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, and, and it is believed that the heavy use, uh, the heavy UC, they used him that year, took a toll on him and uh, on his arm and he, and his, he was never the same after that one year. So like I said, that year, he had a 2.60 ERA, and that's 39. In uh, 1940, his ERA up, went up to 4.33. And in 1941, his ERA was 5.71. And he had just four years in the big leagues where he went 26 and 17. So he won 13 games that one year and lost five. So that was half of the games he won in the big leagues in four years in that one season. Um you know, also, though, I, you know, of course, that's before my time. There's not a lot of documentation on Bob Bowman. But, you know, in the big leagues, you can come out and be great. But then the players kind of adapt to you. They know your what your tendencies uh They kind of know when you're going to throw something. Of course, I guess that's what a tendency is. But they get to know you, and they start facing you, and they kind of start figuring you out. And sometimes you have to adjust, and some players never adjust. And that's maybe why they only have that one great year. So anyway, Bob Bowman, a guy everybody should take a look at because that one year he had a really good year,
0: 1939. Okay. My final player is a pitcher. Um, We got him from the Pirates. And with the Pirates, he was – not the third or fourth starter and he was nothing special but we needed to fill a role someone to eat innings so uh we signed john lieber and he came to us in uh 2003 and uh he got out of the blocks really good and uh on uh this 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 was just 20 years ago 19 years ago um on may 24th he won hit uh i think it was the braves and won a shutout in one hour and 48 minutes so (laughs) we're we're kind of getting back to that time but um he had a great season he went 20 and 6 got the all-star nod his first and only only all-star nod. cubs were not a good team that year um this was 2002 sorry um uh he had We finished fourth place or he finished fourth place in the uh, National League Cy Young Award uh, deal. This was 2001. Why am I getting my years messed up? So so anyway, um, he finished fourth in the Cy Young and his other years were okay, but nothing like this. Um, He kind of bounced around a little bit. In 2008, he played for our our team that uh, went to the playoffs, uh, pitched out of the bullpen. But he, he was almost a John Tudor story. You know, John Tudor pitched for the Pirates and and uh, the Red Sox and the Pirates and was kind of like that third, four starter and then comes to the Cardinals and puts it all together. But Tudor had, you know, a few years to sustain brilliance, mm-hmm. but Lever only had one. But um, And I he even got some MVP votes that year for a team that wasn't really that good. So, uh, I had a lot of good memories of John Lieber and I uh,
1: Lieber, yeah,
0: had that one good year, 120 games and made me happy.
1: <laughs> it's always good when we win. Ah, uh, another 87 Dondros, yes, Vince. I'm changing, I'm throwing a change up tonight. These are Alan Ginter cards, they are a throwback, they're current players they have a few old players in there too there's a babe ruth card uh but i love these the look of the cards there's a lot of them that look great but then there's some that are like this was a guy who was the utility uh who took care of the uh polished the shoes for 30 years for the white Sox." they have cards for that are a hot dog day or something i don't like those cards but these are really nice cards when we get a few good i hope only six cards in this pack by the way well, let me go first so oh, we can cool. end on
0: such a positive note of your cool cards. <laughs> yes.
1: Once again, the foil wrapper. What year, uh, what year is this again? 87. 87. All right. Good yes. year.
0: And uh, I have the another puzzle piece from the Stand the Man deal. We're going to put that together. <laughs> oh, this was... Uh, I believe this was the first guy to uh, usher in the steroid era in baseball. I saw him catch with the White Sox, and he was nothing. And then he goes to the Angels, and suddenly one year, he is, like, lean and muscular, uh, hitting home runs, Brian Downing. Good player. Very good player. Uh, Decent outfielder for the Expos, Mitch Webster. Oh, yeah. Well, you've got the Wheaties box. Look at this. Okay, I have got Mark McGuire.
1: It's Maguire Mark- Day at the ballpark, <laughs> baby.
0: Because he's not nearly <laughs> as big. Look at the size of his head. Oh,
1: uh, I, I know. He's a freak.
0: Oh, former Cub that rose to fame as a Kansas City Royal. Uh, Willie Wilson, one of the fastest men I've ever seen in a baseball uniform. Uh, former Cub who we traded for Rick
1: Sutcliffe. Um uh, world series hero joe carter love joe carter that hit off mitch williams and this
0: is a former guitar player for fleetwood mac who went on to have a solo career um bob welch with a sentimental lady oh,
1: yeah that's right what was it oh wait a
0: minute this guy pitched for the dodgers <laughs>
1: 27 wins one year
0: wins 80 uh, 89 uh oh A's.
1: A's. yes
0: Oh, good left-hander for the Red Sox and Padres, Bruce Hurst.
1: Oh, I love Bruce Hurst. Oh, man, be his uniform would be filthy. Oh, yeah, Bruce Hurst. He was a gamer.
0: As was Gary Ward, who usually was a fourth outfielder. Liked him. Oh, here's a man who has over 400 home runs, but everybody's forgotten about how uh, great he was uh, for a long time, Darrell Evans.
1: Earl Evans, Yeah, he played. In, I think it's because he's in Detroit. He's not on the coast. You know. Yeah.
0: Finally, a Hall of Famer. Is it? Paul Molitor.
1: Yes, the great Paul Molitor. Five hits a game one of the 82 World Series. This uh. is a
0: guy who I thought was going to have a Hall of Fame career, but he, he kind of fizzled due to injuries. Fred Lynn. Who was the right. Nash or the American League Rookie of the Year and uh, MVP 1975 for the
1: uh, Red Sox? Good play for the Angels, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, he did play for the Angels. Uh, pretty good play for the Orioles and I think the Tigers, too. Kind of right. bounced around there a little bit. Uh, this player once held the single season save record with 57, Bobby Thigpen.
1: Oh, he's for never the same play. after that. That should be a one-hit yep. one, one hit wonder right there.
0: Ble- blew his arm out. Yep. Yeah. And I got a Diamond Kings card of Mark McGuire. He's That's everywhere. A,
1: he's <laughs> everywhere.
0: everywhere. This is the he's, Mark McGuire he's show. He's like
1: Beetlejuice. You mentioned him, he'll show up. Uh, former Red Ron Oster. Had a decent oh, career. I like his crackers. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh. And the man who broke the heart of my wife when she was a Young 20 something because he was traded to the Cardinals for Tommy Her,
1: Tom Bernansky, Tom Bernansky. Oh, yes. Big Tom. All right. Well, Alan Ginter time. This first card, I don't know who the heck this is. And I can't hit the writing. I'm going to show you the writing first. On the back, this is what the writing on the back looks like. It's too small to read. Vince, oh, I can't. Wow. There, yeah, his name's Landon Donovan, and he's the assist leaders in something. I don't know. I think he played soccer and baseball or something in college. What a ripoff. They put, give me a Brandon Donovan card. What a ripoff. But now the pack has redeemed itself. It, the pack will take it and give it. And look at, the, look at this card. I mean, this is classy looking. Kyle Ripken Jr.
0: Oh, cool. Good?
1: Oh, is that bad to the bone? But the, yeah. they put the statistics and like old writing they write everything out I'm not a big fan of that but the artwork on the front is fantastic that's a classic Kyle Ripken Jr. card right there yeah he had a
0: reputation for being lazy just didn't want to work in his craft
1: <laughs> Ah, I wish I was as lazy as Kyle Ripken. he showed up all the time and you know he had to be dinged up he'd just go out oh, yeah there and play. you know he's <laughs> a guy playing shortstop you know that's kind of unheard of Well, I tell you what, I'm taking umbrage with this pack. I'm writing a a hate mail to him right now because they have one of the greatest players ever, but they have him in a Chicago Cub jersey. Roger Hornsby right there with the Cubbies. Yeah. He played for the Cardinals too, everybody. That's
0: how he would have wanted it.
1: Oh, and speaking of the Cubs, they have sensational seasons. And this is 1998 National League MVP, Sammy Sosa. There he goes. I'm going to get my finger off the cub right there. That is a beautiful-looking card right there. Man, for all you card collectors, that's nice. Kind of mark the time. Uh, they also have many cards and I got the green rookie, the Reds pitcher green, the rookie card, and it's a miniature card, which there aren't many of. And it's 40 bucks. But I got I just bumped, I just bought one of these packs and ran into it. These are the 2022 wow. set. But here's a classic old player, Harmon Killerbrew, in the mini card. Wow. So I'm I'm gonna show you that card and then the card other card sizes next to it. So you can see it's a, a little wow. mini card. So that's pretty cool for the fans out there. And the last one is a Reds player I really don't know much about uh, and I Nick Lodolo. There he is. Nick Lolo, that's a good looking picture. I like Mr. Red on the sleeve. Very nice card. And you've only get six cards per pack and they cost about twice as much. So um uh, I can't recommend getting them but if you get one of your favorite players like your Roger Hornsby Cub card, uh it's worth it. <laughs> we're good. Well, JJ, who do the Cardinals have coming up? We have. I wrote it down. We're going on the road, and we're playing Seattle. Who I'm not. Uh, I'm not encouraged. That's a really good team. And San Francisco Giants. And the Giants, the Giants are, struggling are struggling too. Struggling, yeah. yeah. So they're kind of like us right now. But there's a lot of teams that were predicted by all these experts to be really good who are been struggling. The Philadelphia Phillies, the San Luis Cardinals. Um, uh, the Padres, I think, are struggling a little bit too. Yeah, they're, they're under 500, 500. Yeah, yeah. And the Dodgers, everybody kind of knew they were good, but maybe not as good as they used to be. So, and they're struggling. So, yeah, I, I, they're a good team, but when
0: I watched them last week, they, they weren't the monsters they have been. Um, I mean, they could get better, uh, but I bet now they wish they had Cody Bellinger because, I mean, he's. Hitting the ball hard, right? He's he's looking great. Um but uh
1: Atlanta's looking good. That team, that pitching, that team, I think they're just on another level. They're looking and my remember my picks, it was Toronto and Atlanta for the World Series this year, and Atlanta's looking pretty darn good right now. And yeah. the Cubs and the Brewers. Brewers and the Cubs too. I'll give the guys credit. Yeah,
0: and the Cubs, uh, we uh, start a four-game series tomorrow with the Dodgers. We're done with the Dodgers. Wow.
1: Got them done. All right. And then
0: after the Dodgers, then uh, the Padres come into town. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's that's what our week's going to look like. And then we have the Marlins. We have a series at home against the Marlins. And then I think we go to Washington, who's really bad. Then we go have a, have our second series with the Marlins. Marlins
1: surprise some people. So I think they're the kind of team that can give anybody a good fight. If you're good, you should beat them more than they beat you. But I think they're going. They're they're not. They're nobody's whipping boy anymore. They're going to give everybody a good run. Yeah.
0: Well, JJ, you have a great week. Yes, sir. You uh, too, sir. I I plan on having a great week, and um, that's the great thing about baseball. Um, you can be the team that goes five and one next week, and I can be the team that goes two and four, and you're happy, not depressed. So. (laughs) Because I always tell people, <laughs> what I love about baseball is even when you're a bad team, you're going to have 60 days where you wake up feeling good. You don't get that with football. You don't get that with basketball. If you're a bad team in football, you're a bad team. You, Oh,
1: yeah. You Long may be,
0: year. Yeah. If you win four games, you only have four weeks the whole year you wake up feeling good. Uh Four days the whole year. You know, if you're a bad team in NBA basketball, you know, you may win 25 games, you know. You're a bad team in baseball. You're still going sixty games. So, unless unless you're the Oakland A's. Oh Lord! (laughs) All right. Well, thank you all for joining us, and we will see you next week.